0: welcome party people it's office hours podcast time the official podcast of the new mac pro just got announced and if it seems too expensive you don't need one podcast network my name is ashton i'm david and welcome to office hours a podcast where we talk about what goes bump in the creative night what makes creatives tick and occasionally what camera not to buy we have a great episode here for you guys episode 15 15 it's a good one this is a good
1: one Incidentally, uh, real quick, just with the new Mac Mac Pro, I think it's, I actually think it's nice. I'm just going to buy the stand. It'll be the most beautiful thing in your studio. I'm not going to get the monitor or the, the tower. I'm just going to buy no, the stand. No, just the stand. It's nice yeah. of them to offer that separately.
0: I mean, you have to think like if you can buy the little plate that goes on the back of it, could you mount that to the stand? Like so think- you can put like your shitty monitor on a nice stand? Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. Also, incidentally, I'm going to add a line item to all of my estimates for the tripod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to charge people for just that from now on. Thanks, Mac, for the great idea. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Like <laughs> camera not included. Yes. It's amazing if you did you watch the keynote cuz like if I you didn't. watched it, there's like you're everyone's getting like, well, I don't know. They kind of announced it to the wrong audience. You have a bunch of people that don't give a hoot about any of these things because yeah. like they they produce their work on like laptops and other computers that are of equal power in different ways right? and they're like hey there's this thing and it's five thousand dollars people are like cool yeah yeah and they're like there's a monitor it's really cool and it's five thousand dollars like oh cool yeah now i gotta buy a go, desk <laughs> and the stand is a thousand bucks they go what and like you could hear like shrieks in the audience like whoa <laughs> so clearly not the best delivery on that one
1: it's an it's a, a new way of uh you know thinking about it all <laughs>
0: yeah for sure (laughs) Um, well there will be like five people in the world that get to use those things uh, as they are and for those five people we envy you
1: for the rest of us we can just use the app to take fake pictures of it on our desk
0: that's it I did that I I spent like a solid ten minutes with that yeah (laughs) just to to think what it would look like in my office (laughs) amazing (laughs) what um, what do you what do you
1: let's just catch up real quick Uh, it's been like two weeks since we talked what are you doing
0: what's exciting in your world Honestly, I've been down in the studio, my studio, my basement studio, um, just kind of making some extra widgets. I don't know. I think it's one of those situations where I'm waiting for some project work to come back on the edits. Mm-hmm. So kind of waiting for the client to make selects and things like that. And it's been a great opportunity to, to kind of poke around and try some new stuff. So just making some stuff downstairs. Um, I keep seeing all your I, Instagram stories of you in the studio.
1: And I meant to ask you, where the hell is your studio? Because it looks pretty nice. St- yeah, my studio is my house. It looks um, great.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's anything like sexy or or super cool or anything like that, but I don't know. It's one of those use what you got type of situations. Um, yeah, you know, I I have an unfinished portion of the house, um, downstairs and it actually is a great space to put up a backdrop and some work tables and that's kind of where it's been. Hell yeah. Yeah. For you. It's been magical. I feel like I'm like living up my David Patino fantasy. Like, (laughs) Oh man, this is what it's like to have a camera room. (laughs) What about you?
1: Um, I'm trying to, I'm taking advantage of the fact that it finally stopped raining in New Jersey. So that's been nice because it rained for like a month and a half straight here. Um, and yeah, just, uh, lots of estimates, been estimating costs and business stuff and hoping that maybe one or two of them comes through. So, but yeah, it's good. Things are consistent. So I can't really, I can't really say anything super exciting, but I can't really like, I don't know, be angry either. Like, consistency is good.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I won't fault you there.
1: No. And I'm still shooting film. I'm still processing film in my kitchen. Oh, gosh, you're still on this film game. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. I just, you know what it is? I love the immediacy, immediacy. Yeah, immediacy. Immediate. I like Mm. how quickly. (laughs)
0: There you go. (laughs) Work around it.
1: (laughs) I like how quickly digital is available, obviously. I like to take the picture and see it. And part of what always turned me off from film was that I had to send it out and it would come back two weeks later. And so what I usually did when I shot film was I would leave it on my desk for like usually six to eight months and then I would send it out to get processed um, for whatever reason. And But the fact that I can just like walk in and process black and white and immediately have the pictures makes me kind of love it. So it's like the best of both worlds.
0: I mean, I I think it's one of those, the whole dark, like I I remember spending time in the dark room and it just being like this very therapeutic thing, Mm -hmm. but also the smell of fixer just throws Mm -hmm. me off. So good. Can't, yeah, I don't, I mean, some people love it. So it's a love or hate thing. (laughs) I can only, I can only do it for so long. Um, So I admire your diligence. We'll
1: see. It's, I'm still early (laughs) on in the relationship, so. Well, There's I mean, you have an entire
0: box to shoot through, so I feel like you'll be on that for a while. Yeah,
1: yeah, I got a few pieces of uh, film that have to be
0: shot, so. <laughs> it's all yeah, I good. mean, more than a think fa- so you, like, you said you like basically bought out the store's stock.
1: They still have more. I, I They still have more, and I want to go back and get a little bit more. It's just so damn expensive. I can't, you know.
0: I admire anybody that shoots like film primarily. There's this wedding photographer out of Charleston. Um, his work is stunning, but he shoots like, I don't know I'm making a guess here I'm totally guessing so if he was to email me and say I'm wrong I'm totally sorry but it's like 80% film um and he shoots you know 120 that's cool On these, like yeah it's stunning work I mean it looks beautiful uh I just don't I would love to see what his processing bill is every month yeah right I mean like I'm sure it gets passed down in his rate and all that good stuff but like I could only imagine that like oh I'm gonna send off you know 15 rolls of 120 that's a lie I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many even without the scan. That's a lot. Yeah, but like, I just can't imagine. I just wow. It's Um, it's funny.
1: Way back uh, a million years ago, in two thousand two, I got married to a woman who's not my current wife, and they um, they shot film. It was two thousand two. They were still shooting thirty five mil. And when I walked in to meet them and go through the whole contract process, I thought to myself. I love these two. It was a couple. And I was like, I, their work was amazing. And I was like, yes, I want all of this. And then they said it was $3,000 to hire them. And I looked at my wife and I said, this is never going to fucking happen. That's way too expensive. I wasn't really a photographer at the time. And so I was like, no way. There's no way we're spending this much money. Um, We ended up hiring them. They delivered, okay, usable images. Ready? They delivered just over 1,200 proofs to me. So, if they're delivering twelve hundred proofs, that means they probably processed i don't know closer to two thousand at some point. like that bill alone, I was like it all went like that three thousand dollar bill half that went to processing, probably
0: oh my gosh, it had right? to be. i mean i i well i when i was going, when I was growing up, I used to work for a photographer, and he he did film prints four by six film on like fuji paper type things, and one of my jobs as, like the intern, right was to like stuff photo albums like the old school plastic you know you open them up and you wedge a picture yeah, in there yeah. that sort of thing and i mean you go through a stack of like 500 and even then i mean like 500 pictures is a lot of that's a lot of film a lot dude it's a lot of film even if you're oh god i can't even can't even <laughs> so if you do it we salute you uh we'll just i'll stick to digital though thanks for now at least
1: uh, so speaking of digital photographers We have a special guest today.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Tell us who we have on the podcast today, David. Today we
1: have an old, old friend of mine, an old New Jersey friend of mine who was able to break away and flee the state and make a name for himself. So warm welcome to Dan Ryan all the way in Arizona. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. How's it going? Awesome. Thanks for uh, being on board here.
2: Yeah, super excited. I've been uh, enjoying listening along for the uh, past uh, what's it? This is episode 13, 14 you're on right now.
1: You're 15, my friend. 15. Nice. Yeah.
0: You're a good liar. I appreciate that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> now, he he, he binged uh, all the episodes last week, actually. <laughs> there you go. That's what it was. I got to catch up on this thing I'm supposed to be on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, so uh, Dan is one half of Rainer and Ryan, uh, an architecture photography duo based in Scottsdale. And I mean, looking at the work, it's absolutely stunning. You guys do uh, incredible work. Um, I guess the first question I I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here is just how, how did you guys get started? I mean, you know, as David mentioned, you, you fleed New Jersey. So start from there, I guess.
2: So, uh, it goes back to a website called Flickr <laughs> and, uh, way back when in, uh, Nine years ago or so, there was like a Flickr group for real estate photography, and it was like the only place where you could kind of talk to other photographers and like figure out how to take pictures of houses. So I was a member on there for a while, and I kept seeing like Jason's uh, photos pop up every once in a while, and I was like, "Man, he's a lot better than I am." <laughs> and so I, you know, he was kind of like my, "Oh, I want to get as good as he is," and I would keep trying to push my photos to get better. And then like one day, I just like DM'd him. I was like, "Hey, like I'm a big fan." Uh, enjoy your work and you know seeing pictures of these ho- homes in the desert makes me like hate taking pictures in the northeast so we ended up becoming like text homies like we would literally just text each other like every day just commiserating and <laughs> shooting real estate and i don't know it was like uh january 2015 or something like that or february like we met at a workshop so we went to a workshop a uh, minute in person and like it turns out he was real and wasn't like a catfishing me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we hung out there, had a blast and then from there like our friendship like hit the fast track. Like we were like just always messaging each other, you know, trying to push each other to like get our work better and you know, try new techniques
1: and stuff like that. You had like a full-blown internet relationship.
2: Oh yeah, like is <laughs> like so there's a time difference. So I'd be like laying in bed with my wife and... <laughs> Like I'd be getting text (laughs) messages like 1130 at night. And she's like, who's (laughs) texting you? I'm like, oh, it's Jason.
0: (laughs) Don't worry about him. You have nothing to worry about. (laughs) He had an opportunity
2: for me to uh, move out here and shoot real estate. He hit me up and was like, hey, there's this opportunity. Do you have any interest in it? And me and my wife were looking to get out of New Jersey for a whole bunch of reasons. But I just saw like I wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted to do in New Jersey So we were planning on moving out and uh, like literally the perfect timing. He gave us this opportunity. Two weeks later, we flew out to Arizona. I was like, hey, wife, this is 115 degrees. It's August. Like this is as bad as it's going to get. Like, can, you know, can we deal with this? So we gave it a thumbs up, flew back home, sold most of our possessions and, in September drove out to Arizona and started a new life.
1: It was that quick. So you but you guys were shooting real estate at the time for somebody else, right?
2: Yeah. So when we moved out here, we were shooting real estate. We were like uh, contractors for another company.
1: Okay. So back, real quick, back up because in Jersey you were you were freaking Self- miserable. Self-employed, yeah. but miserable. You like Dan used to come to my studio on like a Monday at like eleven thirty AM and just he would stay for two hours. And at the end, we would feel better because we realized that life sucked for everyone that was in the room and that, you know, everybody was being nickel and dimed. And although I don't shoot real estate, um, you know, his clientele always wanted the best deal and they wanted more and more and more. And, and mind you, Dan's, Dan's like taking pictures of like really beautiful condos in Bedminster, but shooting them, like he shoots now like he's shooting them in this architectural way so he's handing over deliverables that are so far above and beyond what he should be delivering already and he's still getting like browbeaten every time by the real estate oh engine. yeah like
2: like a hundred dollar price increase like yeah. the value that i provided for an extra hundred dollars is laughable the, like, the retouching alone
1: I, was more than the job
2: i that's and that was that was basically what i saw happening was like It was better to dumb down your workflow, and deliver so-so photos, and like just make a profit. And I was like, ah, it's not what brought me into photography. That's not what I enjoy. Like I'm trying to always get better, and this is more like a job to me than like a passion.
1: Well, you started doing like floor plans, and right, you were doing everything. We went
2: down the real estate (laughs) rabbit hole. Like, (laughs) (laughs) wasn't much I wouldn't do.
0: Get that dollar, dollar bill, or
2: yeah, like you know, you got you need to watch your dogs or something like that. <laughs> I'll do that. Or, you know, whatever add-ons I could get.
0: But I think that's a pretty common thing that I think most people that are in our trade start off with, right? I mean, at one point you're basically you're you're grinding, right? You're taking every job that comes your way, and you're thankful for it. And then you kind of at an impasse, right? You do it long enough where you come to a fork in the road, and it's okay. Well. The metric of good enough, and I'm using magic air quotes now, good enough becomes what people want, and that just isn't satisfying the least bit to you, the artist, right? Like, I mean, you, you've you've worked harder than to just be good enough, right? And so you have this moment of clarity where it's like, I need to change gears, I need to kind of pivot a little bit, and this opportunity comes about. I mean, is... Was it very, was it much kind of like jumping off the ledge for you when you saw, okay, well, here's an opportunity to go out West and try my hand at this? Or, I mean, or was it more just an organic? Oh, I'm just going to go out here and try it again.
2: I think there was definitely, well, this kind of like this attitude of like, well, this better work because this is, or, you know, this isn't like, oh, let me just try this new camera system. And if it doesn't work, I could, you know, sell it and go back to what I was using. Like this is, you're moving, you know, 3000 miles and, I, you know, uh, we had just gotten married and asking a lot to like, Hey, I know we just got married, but like, let's uproot our life and move across country. So my wife was incredibly supportive, allowing us to do that and signing off on it.
0: You like to live dangerously. I see. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know, there's, I knew at the very least I was going to learn something, whatever it was (laughs) going to be a lesson. And. whether we coming back to the East coast in two years or whatever it was going to be. Um, but I couldn't pass up the opportunity.
1: Crazy. So you guys start, so you guys are contracted with somebody else. You're shooting a bunch of real estate shit. So, so same thing, but better, right?
2: Was yeah, it Like, so it was, I mean, it was glorious when I first got here. Cause okay. it was like, they handle all the business side. They hit high. Uh, they handle the clients and they gave you a check every two weeks.
1: Oh shit. So you were like an employee. So, yeah. I was an
2: employee, but like they, you know, it's a contract,
0: Sure.
2: Whatever the IRS ten ninety nine
0: employee. (laughs) Yeah. Shoot for hire. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's amazing.
2: That. And then, uh, so year one was, was good. And then like me and Jason would shoot together a lot. And, um, I was like just constantly blown away with like, uh, his understanding of, uh, composition and lighting. I was just, uh, something that's interesting here is like, there's no trees to like diffuse light coming into homes. Mm -hmm. So like it just gives you completely different circum- uh, lighting conditions than I was used to. So it's basically like shooting, taking pictures on the surface of the sun, here. <laughs> and we always joke around like, if you can shoot here, you can shoot anywhere because <laughs> it's it's such the uh, the dynamic range of light from outside to inside is pretty great.
1: Sure, and everything's white and or beige. So it's a, it's you a know, you'd be, surprised,
2: you'd be surprised at how much yellow and brown really? interiors there are here. Yeah. We don't, we don't like to show that ever. <laughs> they want to perpetuate people <laughs> doing that still, but yeah, like white and tears, pretty nice. So at what point did you guys decide
1: F this, we're going to break off and go be rock stars? Uh,
2: at some point during our texting relationship, there was a thing of like, there's a photographer group partnership called Huffton and Crow. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first time where I was like, Oh, like you could do this together. Like two people could have a company together. And so I think that there, at some point there was like, Oh, wouldn't that be cool if we could do that? And so the year two here, uh, the amount of work started to decline a bit. And we were both kind of like, oh, that's interesting. And, you know, we, uh, the company we were shooting for, like there was no insight to like why there was such a decline in work suddenly, And uh, we ultimately just felt like we have to be in control of our collective destiny, and not knowing.
1: And uh, you guys were made for each other. Oh yeah, you (laughs) were literally made for each other. You found your soul brother.
2: Oh yeah, like the moving out here, like, and then hanging out with Jason. All of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, there's like, we have the same sense of humor. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's like definitely times where you know my wife is just like jesus you too yeah so we you know we decided to jump and we were like well you know like if we struggle we struggle but we're gonna give this thing an actual a shot and like it just snowballed like so fast instagram was probably the biggest uh still is like our biggest uh promotional tool
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and uh like we got hooked up with like a couple like really great clients in the beginning who then like shouted our names from the mountaintops and like kind of qualified us to other people and then like the phone just started ringing and like we've been you know treading water ever since it's crazy that's awesome
0: that's really incredible i mean it, walk me through you know the inner workings of being part half of a photography duo i mean i think that I think that it's not a foreign concept. Now we've seen a, we've seen it done successfully. I mean, obviously you're one of those examples. Um, but I still think that from the outside looking in, there's this, there's this idea or, or question of, okay, so I like my art a certain way. And, you know, let's say David, David likes his art a certain way. Where do you guys find consistencies where you guys overlap? Or is there a, a, an essence of like, you take those, I'll take these based on style or substance, I mean, how does that, how does that work? Is there like a camera with two buttons? So you, can,
1: <laughs> you can each push it.
2: So uh, when we were shooting real estate and we were like sharing techniques and stuff, like we were kind of both coming to uh, a similar style through sharing techniques in the beginning. And that kind of, I think is what helped transition us is the fact that like we both have a sim- like such a similar background with how we were shooting real estate. And so I think uh, like I don't know, there's something organic there since we both kind of learned the same way. That now when we go to bigger shoots, we both kind of have like the same foundation to how we're going to light this, you know, how we're going to manage this. And then, you know, tethering super helpful too. So like one will be at the camera, the other's you know looking at the computer screen, and we kind of you know instead of like oh, can you go move a light over there? Like the other one's already seen it, thought of it, and is like moving the light over there. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of kind of like. Uh,
1: but you guys even shoot different camera systems, correct?
2: Yeah, so we shoot Canon. We usually shoot like the Canon 5DSR or the Fujifilm GFX. Oh,
0: 50. Fuji guys! All right, represent.
2: <laughs> That's the the two. Uh, we, we use the GFX, I think, for most stuff now. Uh, just because of the, we've gotten
0: hooked on the aspect ratio. Yeah. Are you guys running like adapted Canon lenses on those, or?
2: Yeah, so that's the current uh, frustration. Um, yeah,
0: I was going to say, how does that work out? Uh, as a as a Fuji guy, your options are completely limitless with an asterisk.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we adapted um, the Canon 24 and the Canon 50. Uh, and then we found an old Canon 35mm uh, FD tilt shift. So going old school with that. And that's our favorite lens. Um, well, it was our favorite lens. And then we switched to a Contax 35mm tilt shift, which has had all sorts of problems. And so now we went back to the, the Canon FD. We just bought another Canon FD lens, hoping that maybe this copy is better. Um, but it's definitely... I am so frustrated with Fujifilm and not having tilt shift lenses with the GFX 100.
0: Not yeah. Yet. it's kind of the, you yeah, say that's kind of the caveats of going with a new, a new unblazed path in terms of camera systems. Um, ha- have you pre-ordered the hundred yet?
2: It's in a shopping cart, but I've told <laughs> myself
0: I need to clean
2: out my office before purchasing because,
1: uh,
2: it's going to be the last camera I buy for a while.
0: <laughs> we'll see. You might need we'll two of them. Oh yeah.
2: Uh, there's, two in the cart. I don't
0: know. (laughs) So, I mean, kind of to get us, rein us back in. I mean, so now that, you know, you mentioned that work is, you know, abundant, you have a lot of things coming through the pipeline, which has been really, really helpful. I guess at that point, does that mean you guys kind of divide and conquer on projects or is there still that high level of collaboration where you guys are both kind of shoulder to shoulder on each job?
2: Yeah, there's, um, I would say 90% of what we do, we shoot together, uh, usually just a matter of scheduling of, if we're not able to work together, when it comes to editing, if one of us is getting a bit more, the other one will be like, Hey, I'll grab these shoots from you and I'll edit them. Uh, so there's, you know, it's a very cohesive uh, process where, you know, we're just trying to make the best mess, make the best product possible.
0: And I guess I, so, I mean, going back out, I mean, you guys came into Arizona, you started tag teaming all this work. You branch off on your own shop after, you know, working for a company, kind of getting your feet wet at this point, I guess you found, you found great success in, in niching and kind of finding a a corner of the photography world to serve. Do you guys ever fat, like you guys ever play with other examples of like what that might look like? So
2: it's, uh, Instagram, like basically showed us like exactly what our niche is. It is, uh, approachable, modern residential and in the desert, like those posts are 10 times better than anything else we post on there. And the problem is there isn't a ton of it being built or we're not getting hired to shoot it. So I guess what we're most interested in these days is like thoughtful design. Like we've seen so much between real estate and this, you see homes that are built well, you see homes that are built poorly. And, you know, like it was called like a Home Depot flip where they just like walking to Home Depot, they're like, hey, yeah, yeah, give me the cheapest stuff and, you know, let me throw it in the house and, right. you know, try and make a, a profit. Where we're looking for work where, like, there's uh, reasoning and thought being put into the project because we put reasoning and thought into our photographs. So it's like a good, you know, mixture. And we find that those clients just, blend well with us it's like being able to hang out for 8 to 10 12 hours on a photo shoot like you want to make sure you're on like the same wavelength as people like there's nothing worse than being on a shoot all day with someone you're like yeah this is this isn't fun <laughs> like we're not on the same page here and you know
1: you're in you're in someone's house you can't escape <laughs> for you guys to go and shoot a project is a it's a day-long event right
2: yeah so more times than not have yeah, we do half day and a full days right now, depending on, you know, how many images people are wanting to achieve. So right now, sunset's at 7.30. So if we get there at 10, you know, we're there till seven thirty, eight thirty. So you're, you know, it's that's a long day. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, so it's it's nice having a buddy to hang out with and, you know, joke around with during the day. It makes the shoots go by a lot faster.
1: So you guys are doing a lot. You guys, you guys do a lot more, like, uh, residential stuff right now, right? Or is it? kind of split with commercial? I
2: would say in the past six months, like commercials definitely become like a bigger really? chunk of what we do. We started to kind of search it out just because of looking for new challenges. Yeah. You know, it's, the budgets are different too, with like what they can do with design. Like it was only, like one really great client who designs um, apartment complexes, interiors. And so like she designs like, you know um, the common areas and like, she has to make it, kind of like engaging for the residents. And so like, you see like a lot of like Instagram photo spots in these places. Right. And like, she gets a budget just to basically be like, make this as nice as possible. <laughs> and other people, it's like, Hey, you have this little budget work with it. yeah, And so like, you know, with her stuff, it's always, you know, like a really interesting experience. And uh, that kind of, you know, again, it's kind of more what we're looking for as far as, you know, interesting projects to shoot.
0: I guess so, you know, when you're talking about how your beginnings of working in, you know, real estate and working for, you know, a 100, 100 bucks on a on a job to increase was like a huge deal. And now you're working with real projects with real budget. I mean, was there a, a ratcheting up to that? Or was it kind of an essence where you said, nope, I'm in a new market. I know what our product is worth. And we're going to hit the ground starting at this rate. I mean, was there kind of like that build up to it? So... I don't know. Architecture
2: photography has always kind of been like a very secretive thing. Like when I was in New Jersey, I got hired to shoot like a bunch of apartment complexes and I didn't know what to charge. So I reached out to like an architectural photographer and like asked him like, Hey, I don't want to be the person like undercutting. So can can you give me advice? And like, he, he was more annoyed at me for taking the job and asking him about it then giving me an answer oh wow and even like out here like with real estate photographers there was like this i guess negative persona of like there's you know people will reach into the real estate photographer pool because they're looking for any photographer and they want it good enough and cheap and there was like this like architectural photographers were like look down on it and it was like at no point were they giving out information of like Hey, this is what the job should be quoted at. And we kind of like searched around, we kind of figured out what other people were charging and said, okay, these are our numbers and kind of went from there. And then we try and also with now real estate photographers, like we try and help out some younger guys here and like giving them advice with like what to charge and stuff like that. Because, uh, you know, it was so much harder coming up and figure, trying to figure out like what to charge and licensing to different companies and all the stuff that it's just a mystery. And like, there's some really great information out there. Like Mike Kelly puts out that, you know, super helpful as well, because up until recently there, there wasn't tutorials on how to do this stuff. You had to figure it out yourself and no one would talk to anyone. No one would help anyone out. So yeah, that's where we kind of ended up is like, these are our numbers and, our numbers have gone up based on the amount of work coming in. Like, you know, when our numbers were, we first, what we first were hoping for and where they are now are, are completely different because it was just like, Oh yeah. Like there's only so many days a month you can shoot. Yeah.
0: Sure. I mean, I honestly quite love the story. You know, I, I think, cause I think just, this is just from my perception as a guy that doesn't, I've shoot a little bit, I've shot a little bit of architecture, have the pleasure of doing a little bit in my time. Um, and much different frequency, much different work product than what you guys are making, what you guys, your stuff is incredible. But what I think is so magical about this is that, you know, you found a market that classically does not want to pay for that level of expertise, you know, to your, to your point, it was, we want good enough and we want good, fast and cheap, we want all three things. And you came in to a market and said, we're really good at this and we're going to make a high end product for what is a right now, a low end market. And you're going to build it up. And I think you, the Mike Kellys, the Tony Rosalinds, those of the world, like you're starting to see this that this work where you're having incredibly beautiful high-end commercial style architecture photography for residential spaces. Uh, and it's it's stunning what you guys are able to do. And I think it's such an incredible story of saying, you know, like good work doesn't have to just be for the high-end, super top-dollar, super secretive, doors all locked marketplace. It can be for everybody and it just shows that like you can you can price your art and do your work that you want to chase for the market you want like you just got to go out there and kind of just do it you know
2: yeah i saw it somewhere or something but it was something along the lines of like the more art you create the less valuable it becomes all right and so that was like how you know if there's only so many days that you can shoot then like your art needs to be worth this much money on the days that you do work And, you know, there's like last year we had this uh, construction company reach out and they they wanted 100 photos of this house. And we're like, we don't take 100 photos of the house. What? Um, How big was this (laughs) house? Yeah, I mean, it's a big house. But this is their logic was, well, the person we normally hire takes 100 photos and then there's maybe like 15 or 20 usable shots in there. And then. (laughs) that's why we want a hundred. And I was like, no, well, we can come in and give you 20 shots that you're going to use every single one of them. Like there's, right. we're not coming in taking a hundred photos.
0: I would love to see the licensing cost on a hundred images.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: you know, as someone who's given out the licensing cost for a hundred images before, <laughs> I'd love to see the imaging cost for a hundred <laughs> images.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting is we act like we bundle it all into one price. So, like we had one of our clients, we used to do like a creative fee and then like a per image fee. And like, we had one of our architect clients who's uh, a bit younger around our age and was like, Hey, the feedback we got from clients is they hated seeing like all these itemized things. And like our business got so much more successful when we just gave them a number and like the same thing happened with us. And we're like, all right, yeah, like let's try that. And all of a sudden it was like, Instead of being on a photo shoot and having the client, like with a calculator in the head, being like, oh, wait, like, how much do I really want to spend that much money on this like shower photo? Like, it just makes the day go easier and it makes the whole, you know, process go easier. And like, there's sometimes where the client wins, there's sometimes where we win, but ultimately it's just like, it bounces you out. Know. Yeah. That's, it bounces.
0: That, that's interesting because I, I don't know. I mean, and David, chime in here because you're on the other side of it with the, the commercial business um, where I'm at, but like, You know, sometimes the I've worked with clients that almost prefer to have a little bit more detail or line item stuff on, on estimates. It's like sometimes the number of like a package, oh, that seems kind of vague. What are we getting for that? Like what, you know, and I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a really interesting concept and I I quite like it. I mean, I hate the idea of giving full information like that super, super detailed, because then to your point, you have clients that will reverse engineer the numbers. Always. Like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm paying X amount for this. So maybe just spend one less day on retouching. It's like, well, that can't happen if you want the number of deliverables we determined, you know? So I, I like that pricing model. It's really interesting.
2: Yeah. So we kind of just, you know, keep it simple, stupid. It's kind of like our whole philosophy for everything is just make it easy for everybody.
1: Oh, it's super smart. I, I had a guy one time, I gave him, I sent him the, the estimate, you know, with all the line items, all 20 of them, wherever the hell it was. And the guy called back and was like, I really feel like you're just nickel and diamond me here. And I was like, I just wanted you to see all the stuff involved. And he was like, it's really, he was basically like, you're, you're being a jerk. And I was like, well, I can put it into one line, but the the price is still going to be the same. Yep. You know, like I I think his problem was with the total and not all the line items is what ended up be happening. But like, I, I don't know, like I I've I've been trying to figure out a good way to go to that kind of scheme where you just say like, Oh yeah, it's, it's a thousand dollars for me to show up and do what I do. You know I mean? I think, I think it would make a lot more people happy.
2: I and mean, we've had like our clients are range from like just starting out. Like I, you know, I want to be an interior designer and I'm just starting out up to like we're a global entity that has buildings around the world. And most of our business is made from, people who live and work here and they seem to like it simple. And then when we do deal with like the bigger firms, all of a sudden, like we, someone sent us like an estimate sheet and we were like laughing. So we were like, we just put a number down, like, <laughs> like they were looking for number of fo- you know, number of photos, like assistance, digitex, all this information. We're like, yeah, it's just the two of us and it costs <laughs> us much money. And that's it. Like it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: I gotta figure out a good way of making that happen.
2: Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's also for our admin purposes too. It makes like invoicing super easy too. You just have to like click the same, you know, same numbers over and over.
1: Photoshoot.
0: <laughs> you guys are living the dream over there. Geez,
1: my god. We should move to Arizona and start a yeah, company. Yeah, I mean, we should
0: do that. Uh, yeah. Here, architecture is a
1: big boon right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all this new info on how to price it too, so I think we're good to go. Well, it's. You know,
2: I say this like Instagram has definitely made this industry like more social. Like it's definitely oh, yeah. a social media for photography. And there's we've met like so many other photographers like that we DM with, and then um, like they're like they'll be in town. Like, oh, my wife has a a corporate retreat, and I'm going to come down and hang out for a couple of days. And like they come here, we hang out, and it's just totally transformed. I think this industry from being like the unfriendliest to one of the friendlier but it also like the business opportunities we get after the fact, because like if we shoot something and then the interior designer posts it, and then like the lighting company sees it, then the lighting company is like, Oh, we want to use this photo on our Instagram. Like we will pay an exposure dollars. And they're like, no, you will pay yeah. in real dollars. <laughs>
0: I was going to ask my my next question is, you know because you've used you've leveraged social media to grow out your business um, and been really successful at that, I think that's another challenge that a lot of photographers are now facing. it's it's the it's the direct the direct business is, oh, X company pays you to make X widget or y widget. But then Z companies, that was also part of that widget wants to use that image too. So, which we would usually get into like, you know, a licensing agreement. Right. So, I mean, how for you was that, like, how do you find that approaching that conversation with those additional companies? How successful are you in that? And I mean, does it generally present a a challenge? So,
2: um, we try and get everyone up front
0: who helped make
2: the widget license, the photos up front. And so we do something, we do cost sharing where, like here's our day rate, and if it's three or four parties, this is what pr- each party pays after we tack on licensing fees. And most of the time, that you know that works out. What we started to see happening though is like uh, company A posts the photo on social media, and then company B reposts it. And the next time around, when we reach out for photos for company A they reach out to the company B and say like, Hey, we're doing photos. You want to get on licensing? And they, no, we're good. But then they would post the photos on Instagram. And we were like, well, <laughs> wait, you're not buying ads in newspapers anymore. Like your marketing dollars is Instagram yeah. and Facebook. Like, so we, uh, we reached out to them. We're like, Hey, like, you know, we're really happy you guys like posting our photos, but like you have to pay for them. And like we got like this really like snotty email back basically being like, well, you know, so-and-so said we could use them for social media and tough. <laughs> and so, so-and-so is our client. So I call up so-and-so and I was like, Hey, I know you didn't give them permission, but this is what they're saying. And I just want to verify the information. He's like, no, I didn't say that. But he's like, let me call you back in a couple of minutes. Calls me back a couple minutes. He's like, I just got off the vice president with the company check your email and it's like we have an email being like we're so sorry we misread the situation and blah 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 checks in the
0: mail (laughs) yeah this is a great lesson though i mean because like honestly if okay so if you're a company if you're out there in listener land if you're a company or you're an agency and you start using the work without paying a licensing fee and we say hey you know that's not cool you kind of have to kind of have to kind of pay for that to use that art and you don't you say oh no no we'll just take it down that's too late you've already gained from from using the art and i think that's the part that people kind of goes over people's heads it's like oh well we'll just take it down we don't want to pay for it we'll remove it and it's like that's too late at that point you've already gotten the exposure you've already gotten the the metrics out of using that widget for your business purpose yeah because they only last for a a day Right. right and at so, that point it's it's the 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 whole you've already gained from using my art without paying for it and now you like now you kind of have to pay yeah
2: yeah the, and it's because Instagram has become such a popular uh, business tool we've seen like a lot of like marketing people get hired and they're like straight out of college because they understand Instagram but like they didn't take the image licensing class at college right. so <laughs> they're completely unaware And they're like, well, like we have 40,000 followers. Why aren't you super excited that like we're sharing your photo and tagging you? And it's like, because like that doesn't like put food on the table.
0: Well, and it's the business expo. Like when you have 40,000 followers that follow your account, right? Like company's account, 40,000 people will go purchase X product, right? But 40,000 people don't pay you for the art that you just made. Right. (laughs) And I think that's like one thing that kind of goes over the head of most folks. It's like, Oh, well we have 40,000 followers. Don't you want to be seen on that? And it's like, well, I don't know how many people that follow you are going to be in line to give me a job. Right. So
2: I went down the rabbit hole with like, what it, does an exposure dollars cost? <laughs> like what do you gain from exposure dollars? And we had this like blog reached out to us. They had like, you know, 600,000 followers and say, we had a photo shoot we want you to do. It's only going to take an hour and we'll pay you $150, but we're really good with making sure we tag. So like, you'll get a social media bump. And we're like, I was like, okay, let me like, let me get down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> so I go on social blade and I search like the photographer that got tagged on this day. And I look at how many followers that photographer picked up on that day. And it's like 15. <laughs> so it's like, are you willing to do all this work to gain 15 followers (laughs) and those followers aren't people who are going to hire you for pictures. They're just there because they like clicking like on Instagram. (laughs) And so if you want to inflate your numbers and be like, Oh, look at me, I have 10,000 followers. It's like, cool. But your engagement is 20. So like no one who follows you cares about your content. (laughs) And it was like, you know, we're looking at it, and we're like, "No, this doesn't like doesn't make any sense yeah. to do this stuff." We have um, this
1: conversation here all the time. It's like I, you know, we'd rather have like instead of having fifty thousand followers, we'd rather have a thousand followers that love what we do and actually work with us and hire us. You know, I I don't make money on on the bigger numbers. You just it doesn't like fifty thousand followers doesn't translate to six figure salaries. No,
2: it's. I mean, it's and it definitely seems like you know, like we see it with like other photographers who it's like super obvious that they bought all their followers Holy. and uh, or even better, like where you can tell someone's buying likes. And so it's like, Oh, like they have, you know, uh, 5,000 followers and they get 3,000 likes in every picture they post. You're like, yeah, so those numbers don't <laughs>
1: that's some good uh, hashtagging right there.
2: Yeah. And it's like, to what end? Like that doesn't, no one sees that and is like, oh yeah, I'm going to hire them. Like, that's not how people find work, but it's where we found it's worked for us is being social on the platform. Like Jason's really good at being social on the platform. He comments on stuff. He replies to everyone. And you know, like when someone else is following one of their peers, like if an architect's following another architect and like, they see like, oh, there's like this banter going on the comment section. And this is the photographer and we're telling inside jokes about like what happened on the photo shoot day. Like that's where we see like a lot of engagement is like, Hey, like I see you all the time on so-and-so's like, you know, Instagram page. Like I'm really interested to start working with you guys. Like it's kind of like being part of the community. Like, and that's something else we like to do is like, we go to like architecture talks, just to learn. Like we don't go there and like hand out business cards and we've gotten jobs and people are like, Oh, I know you two. Like <laughs> you're always at these talks and it's like, yeah, you'll never see us handing out business cards. We're there to like learn and get a better understanding for like what is going on in their minds. So when we have to convert their three dimensional space into two dimensions, like we have a better, uh, better understanding of what they're trying to accomplish.
1: Amazing.
0: Absolutely no, I love amazing. That. I mean, it, yeah. Organic biz dev. I mean, you're, 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 your students of the craft in every respect, you know, not just the photography, what you specifically, what you specify in, but like of architecture, you know, you want to know, you want to get in the minds of the artists that make the work that you photograph. And I think that's incredible.
1: So Jason handles a lot of the, like the online social, right? Like the commenting and yeah. the, you know, the stuff. So
2: we had a, yeah, we had a client who uh, is a, it's a design build. So they will design it and build it. And uh, it's a partnership. And we were having dinner with one of them, one of the guys one night and I like, I asked him, I was like, Hey, like what's something like advice you can give to like a, a younger partnership. Like you guys have been in business for all these years. And he goes, one of you needs to be the face. The other doesn't. And so that was like Jason's voice, you know, like is our Jason's voice is our Instagram voice. Yeah. It's just, uh, and so I smart. No- <laughs> are
1: you, are you worried that Jason's going to find a new bro online and leave you one day?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you can top the Cinderella story that we got going on here. Uh,
1: All right. Uh, But in all seriousness, so you've been there for what, four years now, right? Four years. Four years. Now, when you left Jersey, I thought there was a couple of times where I thought you might just like leave the studio and go buy a gun and I would never see you again. And I wasn't (laughs) sure. I wasn't sure if you were going to kill other people or yourself, but you were a little miserable at points there towards the end. And so how burnt out are you now? After oh, four years like, of being there. So.
2: <laughs> therapy, man. <laughs> go to therapy. Like I can't tell you. Like, uh, to, like, I got so burnt out. I was like, this is, this is not working for yeah. me. I am like a ball of stress. I have no free time. Because it's like, shoot two or three places. Stay up all night editing. Deliver those photos. Then go out and do it all over again. Yeah. Five, six days a week. And... I was like, I was miserable. miserable. And so I I started doing therapy and it was like, I discovered uh, the power of no. (laughs) And towards the end of my time in New Jersey, I was like, I picked up like shooting apartment complexes and uh, I was getting some like better paying work. Like I was like, I saw light in the tunnel. Like I won't have to do this forever. Mm -hmm. And I had a a client, she asked me to Photoshop in a fire into the fireplace. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, like because of the screen that's there, like it's not going to be super easy. And also it's May. Like, do you really need to have a fire in the fireplace? It's May. <laughs> like, and she said to me, I think the quality of your work is beginning to slip.
0: <laughs> you best back up. <laughs>
2: so I had a history with this client. Was, this is like the second client I ever got shooting real estate. And then on the first job I did for her, um, she didn't read my price price list correctly and thought I would shoot 30 photos and she would get to pick 10 and she would only have to pay for 10. Oh, wow. And so she, you know, she basically says to me, like, I'm going to pay for 10 photos. And if you make me pay for 30, I'm just going to tell everyone in my office, like how miserable it was to work with you like just, and I'm like, this is my third job. Like I can't afford to have her trash talk me. Sure. And so fast forward, like three years, I'm sitting here and she says this to me and like, I was like, you are so manipulative. (laughs) Like, and so she says like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. but I just want to let you know, like we're not going to be moving forward anymore. Like you're going to have to find a new photographer now. And I'm not going to be photoshopping in that fire for you. And she was like, completely like, I don't understand. And like, she had a business partner who then called and was like, what's going on? And I I said like, you guys fundamentally do not understand the word. No. Yeah. And I was like, you know, there's nothing I could do. And after that, man, it was like a light bulb went off my head. Like just because someone asks things of you doesn't mean you have to do them. True. And like, you can set boundaries with people and set limitations. And if they start crossing that, like you don't need to continue working with them.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's super scary up front though. Cause you don't want to lose the paycheck. So you, yeah you know you say yes to a lot because you're like shit I don't wanna I don't want upset this person because they're you know they're giving me a couple jobs like but the fact of the matter is you're not well, making look enough how mis- money on I mean it. if you right. look how miserable <laughs> those
2: jobs make you what are they really worth it's not worth it
1: it's totally no, not worth it
2: we try so hard to like to be on the same page with our clients now like we took a trip to we took a day trip to San Francisco with one of them like to go look at some architecture exhibit at a museum oh wow like, I was I wasn't gonna be going to the real, The real estate, uh, you know, uh, networking event with any of my clients in New Jersey, but was like, hey, this is like really cool. It's like, yeah, let's go check it out, and like, hopped on a plane, flew to San Francisco for a day, checked out this exhibit, and like, flew back. And That's like, wild, man, this is like, those are the clients we want.
0: Right? Hell yeah, <laughs> It really. Well, I mean, and I think, I mean, t- to your to your point, like, your your mental capacity kind of just doubles when you don't have to carry the weight of that kind of that kind of drama, you know? Um, but it's, it, to David's point, it's super hard to just say no to that kind of stuff. You know, we're in a, we're in a service oriented business and I think, you know, it'd be nice for people just to always not be jerks, but occasionally you will run into them and, and you have to kind of do that litmus test of like, how much, like, is this juice really worth the squeeze? You know, like how much can you put up with on a terrible relationship, um, client to, you know, photographer wise before you just say, eh, maybe I'm not the guy for this one.
2: I think that like, you notice now with like customer service is that like some companies reward the bad behavior where like, if you kick and scream, then we'll like help you. And like, I very much rather prefer they be the other side. Like I'll reward anyone who's got good behavior. You know, if we have like a really good client and they're like, Hey guys, like the budget just isn't there on this one can you do this for a little bit less yeah 100% every time we'll do it for less yeah we have like a bad client who's like oh, yeah, i really don't really want to pay that much for on this one we're like okay then hire another photographer yeah. like this is about relationships with people like we want to be an extension of their brand. you know we feel just as invested in some of these places as, as they are like we see them go up on instagram like they'll start messaging us like, Hey, like check out this angle. Like this will be really cool for a final shot. And you're like, you see these things, you know, go up. And you know, when the whole project, you know, kind of comes to completion, it's kind of culmination for, you know, all their work and I guess like a sense of pride and shit, I'm rambling.
0: I love it. No, I mean, well, but you're right though. Like, so those are like the most successful successful projects when it comes to like, like, I think about the work that I've done in the, in years past and the projects that I am most proud of are the ones where, you know, the client and the team were all on the same page. We were all kind of simpatico with each other and, and you feel like you're just making, you're making art with your friends versus working for a client or, you know, trying to make a dollar. And so I totally get that. I vibe on that entirely. Well, especially with architecture. Cause like, you know, that, that person has,
1: designed that has made you know that's their art that's their their art yeah and now they want you to capture it so they can show it to more people than you know obviously the ones who just walk up to it so like that's a huge responsibility on i mean sorry for being overly dramatic but like that's a huge responsibility for you as a photographer to represent what they've done to the world
2: some of our clients say photo shoot days are the most stressful days (laughs) of the entire project (laughs) and because it's like this is your one time to show what you did and like so we always try and make photo shoot days more fun yeah. like than stressful like trying to keep humor up and you know there's you know there's times where you're like you're setting up a shot and you're like this isn't working <laughs> <laughs> like and you know and you have to like figure out how to like gently get the client to maybe like forget about this shot because like it's not translating well
1: so it's not about photography at all that's what you've taught us today Stop, yeah, it's that's nothing yeah. to do with no. photography. No. Yes. Well, so you're <laughs> weeding
0: out negativity and and bad cut client relationships. That's kind of one thing that's been your saving grace to burnout. But like from aside from so like you know David and I, we talk on this podcast a lot about the things that burn out creatives, and I think we oftentimes come to the conclusion that you know finding finding art that you can make outside of your wheelhouse, you know things that still make you, that make you interested, that kind of remind you why you got into this to begin with, that kind of push you further creatively. I mean, do you have outlets like that?
2: Yeah. So, um, I came out here, you know, moved out to Arizona and there's, uh, this great sky view all the time, you you know, you can always see so much of the sky. And so there's like one night I went out uh, to go check out a meteor shower because like, you know, a meteor shower in the New York city metro area, like you don't really (laughs) see any of that. And I was like, I drove out to like, you know, some quasi dark spot and literally had a spiritual moment. Like, cause there's no noise, it's pitch black. And like, there's the Milky way. And I was like, I've never experienced this in my life. So I like took my camera out and I took a couple pictures and that's usually my like go-to therapy now is like drive (laughs) drive out to the (laughs) desert in the middle of night and, uh, take pictures and hopefully I don't run into anyone burying a body.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's been a couple instances where there's been stuff going bump in the night and I've been like grabbing my camera, get in the car and just drive away <laughs> like as fast as I can. I don't know what that noise was.
1: Oh, uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's wild though. So, so, so you still like taking pictures all these years later?
2: Yeah, I think that was what almost led me to Fuji. As a brand, whereas, really? I felt like I was like a big, just, I love Canon, but they started to like not really listen to the people who buy their stuff. Yeah. And my 6D was better than my 5D Mark III. Right. <laughs> and I I thought the customer service they had, especially living in New Jersey and being able to just drive down the road and being like, here, Canon, fix this yeah. and, and give me a loaner at the same time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and every, you know, everyone was like, this point was like jumping ship and going into the Sony a seven R two or a seven r three, I forget which one it's, you know, dynamic range and all that fun stuff that I don't actually care about. <laughs> um, and then I picked up an XT two just because I was like, I want to go take pictures and this looks like what a camera should look like. So let me go do that. And I was just like, man, I love the physical dials. I love that the camera is still a camera. And, uh, you know, then the uh, Fuji GFX came out. I think Jason sent me some raw files and was like, Hey, check this out. And I was like, cool purchased." <laughs> <laughs> they got that second mortgage on the house.
0: And... I was going to say, if you want to bro down about some Fuji stuff, I'm, I'm all for it.
2: Yeah. And I, it was the fact that like they do firmware updates that like make their cameras even better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they listen to the people who buy them and, I kind of felt like, you know, in the same sense of wanting to like support people who are like kind, it's like the same thing. I want to like support a business who's like doing the right things and like they listen to the photographers and they, you know, they try and uh, make the best cameras for us and they don't, you know, they don't come up with like an update and be like, okay, yeah, buy a new camera if you want that update. They're like, yeah, here it is for free. So yeah, that was, that's my love for Fuji (laughs) being tainted by these, not having these tilt shift lenses right now or. (laughs) The well, Wi-Fi connectivity could be a little bit better.
1: Well, keep talking about it because they'll listen to you, Dan. Yeah, they're listening. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> they haven't answered any of my emails. Like, <laughs> Please send me free stuff.
0: I was gonna say if you get someone on the inside, you just let me know because I'm doing this. I'm knocking hard. I'm shooting. I'm shooting like commercial gigs with GFX. I'm uh, shooting a bunch of stuff with XT three. Come on, man, Fuji, <laughs> what's going on? We're singing your praises here.
2: When they come out with a tilt shift lens, you will see most architectural photographers using that camera. Like, we've already seen in the past year, how many are, you know, going from tech cameras to that because it's people want more photos and you, you know, it's, there's uh, something to be about, you know, something to be said about being able to move through a house or project quickly. And like, that camera has like this wonderful dynamic range and it, it makes you know uh shooting a lot faster you know I'm just just I'm just itching for that that shift <laughs> lens because like the cannons they're i mean they're wonderful workhorses, but when you put the native gF lens on there and you look at the adapted Canon lens, it's just like. Yeah, it's not that sharp.
0: Yeah. It's the missing link. It really is. I mean, I think that's with any new system, you have like these hurdles that kind of come about, but that, I think that for them, they have an incredible native glass system right now, except for super like specific niches, which would take advantage of the technical prowess of the machines that they build, right? Like having having a 50 megapixel medium format size sensor, that really, really does lend itself to very niche pieces of photography you know it's commercial uh, architecture it's commercial print like ad work it's um you know it's it's the kind of work that david does you know so it it's there but then you need like the kind of glass to go with it which is where i think other systems like the phases and you know they have that kind of they already have the adapter stuff ready you can get cambo mounts and all that kind of stuff which is you know it's kind of the stuff we need
1: they need tilt shift and leaf shutter that's what they need they need leaf shutter
0: I'm gonna say it. I mean, I don't know. I I yeah, sure. Oh high really? speed sync though, oh,
1: you want to flash sync at one one twenty fifth of a
0: second? Good
1: fucking luck.
0: High it's speed not seat, gonna work.
1: Nah. High speed high speed sync. It,
2: it works. That doesn't affect like you know the, Sure, you're uh,
1: shooting half second exposures on a regular basis.
2: Yes, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like this camera <laughs> is literally made for this. <laughs> and I don't know why there isn't tilt shift lenses. Like there this this is a sports photographer camera, no. you know. Like the auto fo- like autofocus is kind of terrible on it. Um, <laughs> They'll get
1: it. They'll get it. They'll get it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just
2: getting a little. I'm getting a little antsy, you know.
1: I feel like um, I feel like we should talk about cameras real quick. Absolutely. We're, did we're, you know
2: that the GFX the GFX has two card slots?
0: It does have two card slots on it. So,
1: I think Dan just did the review for the this week's podcast.
0: Like, completely murder that in, what, three seconds? Yeah. So, it has two card slots.
1: So it's a total buy. You should have total two, buy. Of them, two of yeah. them in your shopping cart right now. Get a second mortgage. So there you go. Uh, GFX 100. According to Dan, it's a must-have.
2: It's a must-have. It has two card slots, and it's the ugliest camera that Fuji's ever made.
1: <laughs> go buy it, kids.
2: I like I would have spent, I'd pay $12,000 for it to be a little bit prettier. Like I know they were trying to save money to like get this thing under 10 grand, but I would have paid the extra $2,000 for like, you know, an all black one or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, Dan, I think uh, that's, that's going to do it for us. I, I want to thank you for, you know, taking time out of your super busy day. Yeah. And, and- uh, managing the time difference. And all that other shit. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's good to see you and it's good to see you be happy and making some kick-ass work. And yeah, I just love it.
2: Thank you guys. Thank you for uh, having me on. Uh, like talking to you. love the podcast and uh, yeah, looking forward to the future episodes.
0: Excellent. Well, y'all uh, if you haven't already, you should have uh, pulled over in your car and got on Instagram to follow Dan Ryan of uh rainer and ryan you can find his account and rainer and ryan's account on instagram follow them on social uh go check out their website their work is incredible and if you're ever in scottsdale uh it sounds like you can grab a beer with them so you should do that too <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're, we're down for beers and uh coffee or burritos or whatever it is we just like talking <laughs> photography and peeking out with other people well we
0: appreciate it dan thank you so much for joining us thank you guys thanks man Okay. So that was our interview with Dan Ryan, one half of Rainer and Ryan, the photography duo uh, based out of Scottsdale, Arizona that specializes in architecture. Uh, Dan was incredible to give us his time. And I don't know, I I really appreciated his journey. I mean, I think that's one of those things where we were both able to kind of see the value in knowing when to pivot, kind of like what we talked about in the previous episode about, you know, things ain't working here. Yeah. Something's got to change. I love Dan
1: because he doesn't, he shares all the information. Like he was saying, he doesn't Why do we have to be all secretive? Let's just
0: share it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the whole point of why we do this, right? Hell yeah. Um, Anyway, if you haven't already, you should definitely check out Dan uh, on social and of course, Rainer and Ryan on online. They have incredible work and definitely worth a follow. This has been episode 15 of office hours. We appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, uh, like us, give us a comment and send us your questions. We want to know what makes you tick and what you want to hear us chat about. The, Office Hours podcast is produced by my buddy over here, David Patino, at the Tannery Studio in Stanhope, New Jersey uh, with assistance of Katie Lantuck um, of Murphy Marketing and occasionally I lend a hand. Thanks guys, we really appreciate you listening and we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.